Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Another move in the NBA that has strengthened one team in the West, but does leave some questions about the Boston Celtics. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on this glorious Thursday. So glad you could be with us on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. Christopher Williams Canty, good morning. What up, big fella? Happy Friday's Eve. It's exciting that we're getting a little bit closer to the weekend because I think everybody looking at this week with the 4th of July landing in the middle of it could use an early weekend. Oh, there's no question about it, so let's get right to it. Here we go! Only one place to start. And Kitty, that is with the Grant Williams trade to the Mavericks from the Boston Celtics. It was a sign-and-trade move as Williams ends up getting a four-year deal, and it was widely assumed that Grant Williams wasn't going to be able to return to the Celtics based on salary cap implications. Now, the Celtics made the move earlier this offseason of trading Marcus Smart away, of getting Kristaps Porzingis in that trade. And to me, they are absolutely the best team in the Eastern Conference. I had taken into account that they were likely going to be without Grant Williams. This ended up being a three-team deal where Williams got $53 million over the four years. The Spurs got Reggie Bullock in an unprotected first-round pick swap. And the Mavs got a couple of second-round picks. That's your housekeeping on it. Canty, I still sit here with the Celtics and still feel really good about where they are atop the Eastern Conference. Well, the other thing that the Celtics got out of the deal is the $6 million trade exception, which they would undoubtedly use to bring in another role player that can support their big three, that being Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and KP. So I think it's a deal where both sides win, but taking a closer look at the Celtics aspect of it, I'm still not sold that the problems that this team has been facing the last couple of years are solved. And that's because the biggest issue that this team has had to deal with isn't talent, but it's chemistry, and it's having rapport, and it's being able to be at your best when your best is required. That is an organization that has been devoid of player leadership in the way that they really, really need it, and Marcus Smart being gone only exacerbates that issue. You remember what we heard during the postseason in the early goings, Marcus Smart described Joe Mazzulla's offense as random. He, he was the only voice in that locker room that was pushing back against some of the mishaps that we saw play out with Joe Mazzulla being in his first year as a head coach on the playoff stage. And so now you're getting rid of that element, I guess really the only player leadership that you had, and, and you're going to replace that with a guy in Christoph Porzingis who's on his third stop in the NBA. So I just I, I don't know that the Celtics are going to have the requisite leadership intangibles that they're going to need to have success at the highest level, even though their talent suggests that they should be the best team in the Eastern Conference. Look, when this deal was first coming together, 
I certainly would have preferred to see the Celtics give up Malcolm Brogdon, which was the first iteration of it uh, before the smart thing happened as the other Mm. part of it fell apart. Having said that, as much as Marcus Smart was popular in Boston, as much as he was popular with his teammates, let's not turn this into the Celtics just traded away Magic Johnson. Marcus Smart's a good player. He's a tough player. He's a really good defender. He does the things that you need to do. But at the same time, we've seen Marcus Smart in some situations not necessarily do the right thing. Take some shots that you don't need to take. Take some shots in some clutch situations that, frankly, he should not be taking. So I I just don't want to turn him into the perfect player. And, oh, my God, everything is about to fall apart. What does this do, Canty? It challenges other guys. It challenges Malcolm Brogdon. It challenges Kristaps Porzingis. It challenges Tatum and Brown to step up and fill those leadership roles. I think when you talk about the intangibles that the Celtics traded away, they weren't in love with doing it, but they had to be confident enough that those roles were going to be able to be filled by those guys I just mentioned. So, so let me get this right. A guy that challenged the head coach publicly, a guy that challenged his teammates publicly and privately, you get rid of him and then you expect Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown to step up to the challenge? That, like, that, that's the part that doesn't make sense to me. Why? Like, that, that's, that's why you needed a guy like Marcus Smart who could agitate and who could get under players' skin, who could push them to be better. Like, you needed some of that dogged mentality that we've seen the Miami Heat play with over the last four or five years since Jimmy Butler arrived. You don't have that in Boston, and that's the reason why this team continues to underachieve. Now, I get it. Two years ago, you're talking about them being in the NBA Finals. But in large part, that series turned on a home game in Game 4 where the Celtics already had a 2-1 lead, something that should never happen in an NBA Finals. You look at what happened this past year. They were down 3-0 in the Eastern Conference Finals, but their talent allowed them to claw back and force a Game 7. To that point in NBA history, only four teams have been capable of doing that in a seven-game set. And the Celtics were one of them. Mm -hmm. So you have the talent to be able to compete to get yourself out of adverse situations, but you don't have the talent to close the show when it matters the most. I mean, not the talent, but you don't have the leadership to close the show when it matters the most. And that's the biggest problem with Boston. So as much as I like the Christoph Porzingis trade, as much as I like what that means for their team and for their defense in particular, adding another rim protector – I can't help but wonder what happens when the rubber meets the road with this team, when they face adversity, as all teams do throughout the course of a regular season and a postseason. What happens when it gets tough for the Boston Celtics? In the past, this has been a team that's wilted. I see no reason to believe that that's going to change. It's Kenty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. The problem is for me that Marcus Smart was there for all that. Yeah, they came back and they forced a Game 7, and then they got their doors blown off on their home court in a Game 7. Like, that's frustrating to me. So if I'm going to miss that leadership and all the intangibles there, I really couldn't rely on it enough before to get me over the hump. But let me ask you this question as a player. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going to let you skirt past that point. What I am saying is... Well, he was there. He's part of it, and they lost. I'm not, I'm, I'm not arguing that he wasn't a part of it. I'm not arguing a fact. What I'm saying is you need more of the Marcus Smart mentality, mm-hmm. not less. And you got rid of the one that you had. That's my point. 
You okay. need more of that. And you were hoping that keeping an influence like that around while Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown continue to grow as young ascending players, that those guys would get some of that. It would rub off a little bit. I mean, hell, that's what the Memphis Grizzlies are hoping down there, you know, with Ja Morant yeah. having Marcus Smart in the backcourt with him. So th- there's there's a league-wide recognition of the intangibles that Marcus Smart brings. And here's the deal. When we start talking about these key cogs, these role players, these glue guys, it is hard to quantify their impact. But I will say this. As a former professional athlete, when those guys are out of their locker room, you miss them when they're gone. Okay. You that, miss them where they're gone. And that you, is my concern about prognosticating what the Boston Celtics are going to be post Christoph Porzingis trade. But this is what I wanted to ask you. As a former professional athlete, specifically, can players develop into that? Or are they just it and that's it? Can younger guys like Tatum and Brown, as they go along, become that guy? Develop those skills? Or is it something that you either have or you don't? I I think you can develop it. But if you develop it, you have to be shown that by somebody that is more veteran, more senior than you. So if you want to think back to Kawhi Leonard when he was with the San Antonio Spurs and the influence that he had between Tim Duncan, Ginobili, and Tony Parker, if you want to think about LeBron James when he went to Miami from Cleveland and being able to have guys with championship pedigree around him like Dwayne Wade, like UD, like Pat Riley, like that, that matters. Having that kind of influence absolutely matters. And so that's why if I'm the Boston Celtics, I, I – you know, the market smart of it all, that that had to be a difficult decision. And what they're banking on is the growth of Joe Missoula to fill in some of the gap that some of the leadership void that Marcus Smart created with his departure. I I don't feel comfortable making that bet because at some point you have to have player leadership in that locker room. And that's something that the Boston Celtics have struggled to find. All right, let's hear from Woj. Grant Williams, as we said was a big part of the Celtics. So here is Woj describing why his time in Boston was up. He was on the 11 p.m. Sports Center last night. For the Celtics, I think once they made the Chris Stapps Porzingis deal, right. invested you know about thirty million dollars this year, and then with the expectation they'll extend him, that was really the end for Grant Williams, who played a lot of small ball center for Boston. They've got a lot of players that they've got to pay in Boston. I think for Grant Williams. Uh, when he didn't get an extension done last offseason, uh, his days were numbered in Boston. He was a good player for them. He's really going to help that Dallas team. And again, the interesting thing there is, didn't get an extension done last offseason. Canty, that brings us to Jalen Brown. And the extension that the Celtics hope to sign him to this offseason. Is there any concern, considering we're seeing some of these extensions already get done, that Jalen Brown has yet to sign his? No concern. No, because no, Jalen Brown will sign it. And, and we've seen that from NBA players. Like, they'll sign the extension, and they've got to be locked into their team for a year before they're eligible to be traded. And then they force their way out. They shoot their yeah. way out of town. So if Jalen I've, – I've said this um, going back to this past postseason. If things go off the rails in Boston this year, 2023-2024, then we will see Jalen Brown force his way out summer of twenty four. We, that's what we'll see. So mm. the Boston Celtics have a year to show proof of concept to their two stars uh, to make those guys commit to the franchise long-term, regardless of what their contractual status is. So that's why I have 
That's why I have two minds about the decision to trade Marcus Smart, because even though from an X's and O's standpoint, Christos Porzingis makes a ton of sense as a guy that you can use as a rim protector, a guy on the offensive end that can be pick and pop in high pick and roll situations. I, I just I don't know how that fixes the player leadership aspect of things. And no disrespect to Al Horford or any of those other guys that are in there that are veterans on that team. But they need more player leadership, not less. Marcus Smart was the one guy that we can point to and say, he's a dog and he's willing to lead. He's willing to take those big shots when he has no business taking shots because nobody else wanted to take shots. I don't know how that gets fixed with him out of the locker room. I, I don't know that I would say nobody else wanted to take shots. I don't know that that's fair. I think there were ill-advised shots taken, but that's neither here nor there. We agree on the idea that Smart brought a lot of leadership to it, but where the value is, I think, is where we disagree in the large part of this. And I, for one, am with you at the moment on Brown because it has become so remarkably easy in the league to get the money and then worry about the rest later and be able to push it off and you can survive another year even off of all the comments that Brown made this past year. It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. We are in for Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. That is your opportunity to connect with us. We will be taking calls in just a little bit. Starting Stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone, AutoZone. In just moments, you know, a third of the NFL's coaches should be looking over their shoulder this upcoming season. The top five includes a couple that I promise are going to surprise you. ESPN, NFL, rank them and your reaction to it in moments. Canty and Carlin for Greeny, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. Camp to camp. Every rep. Team to team. It's on this field where fortunes are made or lost. Continuing coverage. The countdown to kickoff rolls on. 63 days until the NFL season begins. Yeah, I like football. I like football season and all the things that go with it. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. In 20 seconds, we're getting to the NFL coaches who are on the hot seat and want to hear from you on it. What coaches are on the hot seat this season? 888-729-3776. Lines are open for you right now at 888-SAY-ESPN. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect your family, your phone, and your furry friends with life. Electronic and pet health insurance. Also, later in the show... We are going to do some good, as we like to do, to give you some tips. One in three Americans is considered obese. And for our big folks out there, Canty, we're going to make this a big guy summer. And we're going to get you through it with some exceptionally <laughs> important tips that you're going to be want to be locked in on later on. That is coming in just a bit. Right now, though, you look at the, the amount of coaches who are on the hot seat going into the 2023 season, we are officially at the point, Chris, where yearly you've got a third of the coaches in the league and sometimes more that you can legitimately consider to be in the middle of a a season that's going to be exceptionally important for their future. That can make or break their career, frankly. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt. And, And, big fella, I don't know that we've seen this amount of coaches that are going to be on the hot seat coming into any given year. Like you, you could make the argument that a third of the coaches in the national football league are going to be on the hot seat starting 2023. I mean, you can run down the list of them. Arthur Smith, who's been in Atlanta going on three years, his team has a top 10 payroll. They use the top 10 draft pick on a running back. They spent a lot of money in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. It's time for Arthur Smith to put up or shut up. Like, it's getting around that time. Like, Dennis Allen in New Orleans. Like, New Orleans made the decision to go with their defensive coordinator and elevate him, give him a second crack at being a head coach in this league. And for their trouble, they got a 7-10 and record last year. Now, we'll see what happens now that Derek Carr is their quarterback. But when you have an upgrade at quarterback, there's an upgrade when it comes to the expectations. So you can point to him. I mean, there are a lot of coaches around the league. Todd Bowles, another one. His second time around being a head coach down in Tampa. Yeah, they made the playoffs last year, but that was by default because they were the best of all of the worst teams in football in one division, which is the NFC South. So, again, there are a lot of different places that you can point the finger and say, I could see a scenario where that coach is out by the time that we get to December. Yeah, I I absolutely agree that there is a long list here that you really have to look look at and consider, but we can whittle that list down as well. And guess what? That's what I have done. We're going to go to the top five, Canty. The top five in the ESPN NFL rank them. And this is the top five coaches on the hot seat. We want to hear from you. 888-729-3776. The coaches that you expect 
to be in trouble, that this is a massive year for. 888-SAY-ESPN. Lines are open. We are hitting your calls in the next five minutes, but let's get to it. From the top five NFL quarterbacks. So badly want to bring Super Bowl here to Buffalo. Herbert rolling right, throws, touchdown! To the top five NFL fan bases. We're ranking the top of everything in the NFL. This is ESPN Radio's Rank them. The top five coaches on the hot seat. All right, Canty, let's get to it. Number five. This one is probably the easiest one of the entire group. Well, no, I take that back. Number one is the easiest one of the entire group, but this is right up there, and it's Ron (laughs) Rivera. And I love Ron Rivera. Good guy. I think he's a good coach, but let's look at what's going on in D.C. He's got Sam Howell as a quarterback this year. He's got Sam Howell as a quarterback this year. That immediately puts you on the hot seat when you've been there for more than one season. And then you have an ownership change that is in the midst of happening. And I think it's pretty fair to say that if the Washington Commanders are not a playoff team this season, Ron Rivera is going to be looking for a job. And that is a tall order When you look at the rest of the NFC East, I don't know where we're supposed to think they can get into a wild card spot with the Cowboys, with the Giants, and, of course, with the Eagles right there. Ron Rivera is number five on the list. Number four. Robert Sala of the Jets. You've got everything, man. It's all Mm. here for you. It's all here to make it happen. I've been here for a couple of years now. He's gotten his feet under him, think he can coach. But when you have Aaron Rodgers and you have a defense that is excellent and you have some really good drafts that have produced a lot of good players for you from Joe Douglas, for me, Robert Sala is very much on the hot seat this year. It is playoffs or bust at a minimum for the New York Jets. Otherwise, they could be looking elsewhere. Number three. Mike McCarthy, Canty. Mm. Here's the thing. Here's why I only have him at number three. Yes, he jettisoned away his offensive coordinator in Kellen Moore, and now he's taken over. What gives me pause on this is what we saw with Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. He took his time before finally getting rid of him. Year after year, we thought Jason Garrett was going to be gone, and he was still there. And it feels to me... Like, Jerry Jones likes to keep these kind of guys in place who are just going to let Jerry be Jerry and let Jerry do his thing and say, thank you, sir, may I have another. And (laughs) that's kind of what it feels like right now when it comes to Mike McCarthy. If you are subservient enough to the king, you can have some more job longevity. But I still put him at number three, especially, Canty, if the Cowboys have the kind of year that you expect them to. And not make the playoffs. Number two. Bill Belichick. People, pay attention to the signs. Pay attention to what's being said. I am begging you to read what Robert Kraft has been saying now this entire offseason. The importance of winning. The importance of getting back to the playoffs. Talking about how nice it would be for Bill Belichick to break the all-time win record of Don Shula, but we've never had players 
that were on this team to chase individual records. And then you have him the other day saying, the only thing that's ever going to satisfy me is winning number seven. Chris, I think Belichick is on the hot seat here. Look at games numbers one through four. You have got him facing the Eagles in this mix, the Jets, the Dolphins. They have got an excellent chance of starting 0-4 this season. It's going to be a discussion. And just remember, you heard it here first. And you heard it here weeks ago. And then finally, number one. Number one. With a bullet, baby! And that's Brandon Staley. (laughs) I tell you. Doesn't, Chris, when you go into watching a Chargers game, doesn't it feel a little bit like going to the craps table in Vegas? Like you're no gonna doubt. Gra- you're going to grab the no dice, doubt. and we're going to roll them and see if we're going for it on 4th and 14 from our own 38-yard line. Because that book says I need to get after it. I really think that Brandon Staley gets in his own way. That What helps is obviously the addition of Kel- uh, Kev- Kelvin Moore here. Uh, Kellen Moore here. But um, at the same time, as you have said many times, and I have written it down, and I am living by this now, you cannot overcome bad coaching. And I don't believe that the Chargers could overcome bad coaching. That is my list, as long-winded as it was. What do you got? I I can't get away from the analogy of going to the craps table when you're watching the Chargers play. I just have this image in my head of Brandon Staley having 18 at the blackjack table and asking the dealer to hit him. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just feel like, like he's that kind of coach <laughs> watching the games, man. Like, you just never know what you're going to get. But it's guaranteed it's, it'll be something that you haven't seen before, and it's backed up by analytics. couple of omissions that I'm surprised that you didn't hit. Okay. Kevin Stefanski for the Cleveland Browns. He was on the like outside the shine, right, right the, there. Yeah, the shine has worn off on him mm-hmm. since he won Coach of the Year in 2020, and he's been hustling backwards ever since. He's going into his fourth year. Quarterback is not an excuse for him anymore. He's got the Sean Watson a year after he's shaken off the rust. Like, this is go time for the Browns. If he doesn't go somewhere this year, then he'll be packing his bags and he'll be moving on. Mm-hmm. Another coach, Josh McDaniels. Quarterback is not an excuse for him either. Like, the Jimmy Garoppolo of it all, the questions about whether or not he can stay healthy – that's not an excuse. You know why? Because you ran Derek Carr off. You benched him for Jared Stidham. That didn't work out very well. You you got rid of Derek Carr this offseason. So you're riding, you're staking your career on Jimmy Garoppolo. That's got to be an uncomfortable place to be. He absolutely has to be on the hot seat, especially in that division. I, I think those are absolutely fair uh, omissions. We could put Todd Bowles in there. Um, oh, yeah, no doubt. Todd Bowles could absolutely no, no be on that list. I went with the guys. Every coach in the NFC South not named Frank Wright is on that list. I tell you what, of the lists we're doing lately of bad things, of hot seat coaches, of bottom five worst teams in the league, we could put the AFC and NFC South just on the list themselves. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Right. Let's hear from what you want to say at 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Sam is up first. Sam, what coach is on the hot seat? You're on ESPN Radio. I I think it's Bill Belichick for sure, guys. You know, the last four years, they're 0-2 in the playoffs. They've got two losing seasons in a row. 
Bill Belichick has had a history of winning games, and you talk about expectations being a, a main factor as far as who's on the hot seat. I don't think fan, there's any other fans in the league that have higher expectations for a coach than Bill Belichick. I think he's your number one guy. Sam, they are 25-25 and 25 since Tom Brady left, and they got their doors blown off in their only playoff appearance, Canty. Well, you say since Tom Brady left like it was Tom Brady's choice. It yeah. wasn't, exactly. and that's in part the problem. I mean, that's why Robert Kraft is looking at Belichick sideways because he's got to watch his golden boy go down to Tampa and win a chip in year one. Yep. So clearly there was good football left in Tom Brady. He just didn't have the requisite supporting cash. Now, whose fault is that? You want to pin that on a general manager? Great. Only problem is the GM and the head coach are the same person in New England, which is Bill Belichick. So if it's the talent that's the issue, that's on Belichick. If it's the coaching that's the issue, as it was with Matt Jones and Matt Patricia, that disaster – it's on Belichick. A lot of things have been happening in the last couple of years that are unpatriot-like. Like, we hear so much about the Patriot way over the last two decades. Well, it's starting to feel, like you said, the Patriot way was really Tom Brady's way. And, and Bill Belichick is having trouble finding his footing in the absence of the Hall of Fame quarterback, the greatest of all time. And so that's the thing that concerns me about this moving forward. They haven't won a playoff game in four seasons They've spent two of the last three seasons on the outside looking into the playoffs, and it's hard to imagine that this year is going to look any different given how the conference looks and how their division looks. Big fella, you look at the AFC East, you're talking about four of the top ten defenses in the National Football League. Yeah, Every single defense that you go up against in your division is going to be tough. So have the Patriots done enough around Mac Jones in order for him to take that next step in his third year and for the offense to, to provide some semblance of balance to the defense and give them a chance to win games? That is the question. Now, Belichick has always found a way to be able to coach above the Jimmys and Joes. Like he finds a way through scheme to be able to get the most out of his guys and be able to neutralize what other teams do best. But, man... That is a hell of a hole he's going to have to climb out of this year given the talent disparity that he has in comparison to some of the other division rivals that the Patriots are going to be facing. Mordecai, up next on ESPN Radio. Mordecai, who you got, bud? Yeah, hey, guys. Boy, I'm glad you're still on. Hey, my um, the, the, the coach that I feel is on a hot seat, but he doesn't. But it doesn't have to be that way, is Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy happens to be one of my favorite coach, along with uh, Pete Carroll, of course. But, yeah, Mike, the only thing that Mike McCarthy has to do to get himself off the hot seat is keep it simple, baby. Run the ball and then have Dak pass the ball when he needs to pass the ball. Pass the ball, strike when the iron is hot. But, Mike, run the ball, run the ball, and pass when you have to pass it, and you'll be fine. Mike McCarthy, he's my man. He doesn't have to be on the hot seat. Unfortunately, I think he is. Oh, he absolutely is, and he has decided. And listen, there's respect in this. If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down my way. I can respect that mentality, can't he? Yeah, but that mentality doesn't play into his team's strength. And if you ask me what the identity of the Dallas Cowboys is, it's the defensive side of the ball, and Mm -hmm. specifically their pass defense. Well, what happens when you run the ball, Carlin? You're talking about control of time of possession, relatively low-scoring games, limit the number of possessions. That means that opposing offenses can stay with their run game longer than they otherwise would be able to, if Kellen Moore was the OC in the Cowboys offense, is jumping out to leads. 
Mm-hmm. That, that's the problem that I have with the whole philosophy. You're taking bullets out of your gun. The best, the best strategy for the Cowboys is score points early and lean on your defense and let them rush the passer. That is the best formula. There's a reason why over the last, what is it, three years, the Dallas Cowboys have had the highest winning percentage when having a lead at any point in the game. Higher than Kansas City. Higher than Buffalo Bills. Higher than any of those other teams. The Dallas Cowboys, when they were leading the last couple of years with Kellen Moore as their OC, they had the highest winning percentage when having a lead at any time. It doesn't sound like an offensive coordinator that's calling games that are going to lead to blown leads. It doesn't sound like that at all. But based on McCarthy's logic and wanting to get rid of Kellen Moore, it sure feels like they're going to be hustling backwards when it comes to their path to victory week in, week out, because they're leaning away from what the strong suit of the team actually is, which is their pass defense. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, in for Greeny. And you can watch us on the ESPN app. Just click watch, look for Greeny, and enjoy. In just moments, more of your calls on this. And, boy, you are coming hot and hard at it. Which coach is on the hot seat? And we have got some up on the board right now that we have not even talked about yet. Excited to get to that. Plus, is it corny or is it endearing? going to ask that of one of our beloved co-workers with something alarming I heard this morning. We continue with the calls as well in just moments. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Greeny, the podcast. I got drafted. I would play this song in my room, and I had a pair of warm-ups on, and I would literally start walking down this little hallway to this song and practice ripping off my pants. I didn't even know what the handshakes were. Like, we paid them all handshakes. Like, I had imagined this since I was a little kid. That was J-Well this morning. I was driving on the Brooklyn Queens Expressway here in New York on my way to work, and all I could think was, oh, that's a ham and egg move. It's Canty and Carlin in for Greeny on ESPN Radio. So let's be clear. It's one thing when you're a kid and you hear that music 
and you want to practice and have fun and like, you know, this is how I'd come out to it. Canty, I went on with Jay Will and Freddie right before our show. Mm-hmm. And I asked Jay Will, give me the over under on how many times you did it, and I'm going to set it at 25. His number was what he said, no joke, between when he got drafted and when the first game was 500. 500 times practicing that in his apartment. The dude lived on the same floor as Oprah in Chicago, and he's doing this. I mean, that that is what Bobby the Brain Heenan would call a ham and egger move. Uh, I think you're being a little hard on him, 500 big fella. 500 times? 500 is a lot. That's a lot. But I, but I would liken it to the kid that's been practicing his autograph and saying to himself that one day it's going to mean something, and then all of a sudden that day comes and it means something. Think about Jay Williams. I mean, growing up in the era that we did, Michael Jordan was it. Yeah. I mean, Michael Jordan is arguably the greatest player of all time. And he came out to that music. That was his intro music. And so Jay Will being drafted to the same franchise that, that, that Jordan became famous at was going to have a chance to walk out to that same music. And people were going to look at him as the guy that was going to resurrect Chicago basketball. And so I, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. And it's somewhat endearing. Now, 500 times is a whole lot. I mean, it's a whole lot. It's one of those stories, big fella that I might want to keep in the chamber. I would tell it amongst friends. I probably wouldn't make that for public consumption. Yeah. That's just like me. I liken it to like having a touchdown dance or a sack dance. Like It's one of those things that you might work on yeah. in secret, and then when you pull it out, you just want people to think that it was spontaneous. It was a spur-of-the-moment thing. You don't want people to know that you've been practicing this type of celebration. I would say that to Jay Will about his intro. Maybe that's something that you did, but you can keep that to yourself or keep it amongst friends. Don't put it out there on the airwaves. Just saying, partner. Yeah, here's my thing. A couple of times, a dry run, that's totally good. Maybe a couple of days beforehand, you want to get it right. It's I not about it's, it's, But it's not about practicing it to get it right. It's just about the feeling, man. Like, this is actually oh, going to mean something. Like, this is actually happening. I've dreamed of something all my life, and that is coming to fruition. That's what it's about. All right, did it's you about, ever... Oh, making sure ever, I don't mess up. Did you ever practice your sack dance or anything like that? No, I didn't practice my sack dance. I thought my sack dance was kind of weak, though. All I was doing was flexing the biceps. At the time, they were pretty impressive, though. So I, I don't know if I should say... <laughs> I don't know if I should characterize it as being weak, but... Um, no, I never did, but I know plenty of teammates that did. Hell, I played with Terrell Owens. You know how many celebrations T.O. had? The whole get your popcorn ready thing? You think that wasn't planned? You think he didn't have that in the back of his mind? I understand. Don't kid yourself. Like the guy had a Sharpie in his sock when he caught a touchdown pass, pulled it out, signed the ball, and threw it in the crowd. That was T.O. So I, I get it. Like, that's a, it's a thing. And different things motivate different players especially at this level, and mm-hmm. a part of that is the celebration. And that might have been one of the things that Jay Will was looking forward to the most. Well, let me not even say might, because he practiced the thing 500 damn times. Yes, so exactly. it's clear that he was looking forward to it. 
But if that's what he needs to motivate him, God bless. And I did I ask him. I ain't going to kill him for it. <laughs> I did ask him if he ever had a tearaway pants malfunction. And he said it was the one time he forgot to put his game shorts on. And he just had it like his, his tights on underneath. Everybody got so a show. So he had a Janet Jackson Super Bowl moment? Yes. He, it wow. Did, not fully, but put it this way. So he didn't go full Monty. Got a show. He didn't go full Monty, but he was close. <laughs> he, he, he had the tights on underneath the bike shorts. but Oh, okay. Yeah, I but still. Well, everybody got a nice show. They should have been paying double that night. Quickly, Nelson in Texas is next on ESPN Radio. Nelson, 30 seconds. Go. Who's on the hot seat? Hey, hi, guys. First time caller. Uh, you guys are great. I listen to you all the time. Thank I think you. it's Sean McDermott, McDermott from Buffalo. All right, we lost him there. I mean, listen, you want to say that McDermott's a guy? I, it's understandable, Canty, because the Bills, they seem like they could be in a position to take a step back if things don't go right early in the year. I have a hard time putting McDermott on the hot seat. I mean, Buffalo is enjoying a level of sustained success that they haven't had over the course of the last two decades. They've got four consecutive double-digit win seasons and four consecutive playoff appearances. I I just, I don't know if you're moving on from Sean McDermott. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.